afternoon. Uh, we're here with uh, Shona Backers, um, who will, uh, who I've, I've got her LinkedIn profile in the bio, but uh, Shona, thank you very much for, um, for coming on. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Um, Shona, I, uh, I usually sort of hand the reins over. Um, you've had a long career in, in safety. Um, fill us in, talk yes. us through, I guess, the cliff notes of uh, your career and, and a bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I suppose, obviously, uh, uh, well, if you, if you have a look at my LinkedIn profile, I've, I've spent near on 20 years in, in health and safety, which is a, a fair chunk of time. So, um, yeah, but uh, I could talk for quite a while about that. But I think the, the, the real short and sharp summary of that is uh, I actually started at a, at a catering company um, doing FIFO, like most professionals probably do. They start in that FIFO game. Um, and then after a couple of years in FIFO, I decided to switch over into refining and, uh, you know, went with a couple of companies in, in the refining space, which is really good around the major hazard facilities and and all that sort of thing and learned, learned heaps. Um, and then the uh, the good old oil and gas boom, construction boom kicked off. So that was a, a great opportunity for me. Sort of I've been in safety for near on 10 years by that stage uh, to get into some leadership roles. So I'd started studying a, a master's of business. So sort of wanted to, to test some of those skills that I've been learning in that that master's and uh, and got an opportunity to, to lead some oil and gas teams uh, in that construction boom across across some regional roles, which was really good. Um, and then from there, I've sort of, you know, been slowly progressing through leadership roles within mining and oil and gas and, and other businesses um, and, and some engineering companies as well. So uh, it's been good to, to move and, and to uh, move around a little bit, not not too much, but to, to experience lots of different companies and, and how safety is done in, in lots of different uh, places. So, so, yeah, so that's the real short version, I suppose, of my year career so far well we'll dive into that as we yeah. go on but uh what about outside of work uh who are you you know outside of a professional and a safety professional that you are yeah so if i'm not dabbling in some some Renault projects at home or, or whatever like that i'm usually outdoors and at the beach and I've got a seven-year-old son who loves camping so we're quite often you know going out and taking the camper trailer out for a, for a camping trip or um and the other passion I've got is basketball so I played basketball for a lot of years and uh I'm an avid Perth Wildcats supporter so I'm quite often at those matches watching uh watching them hopefully win uh, which they did last week so that was good yeah brilliant um so uh, let's dive back into to your career for those people who are listening. So, you know, you, you said um, that you got into, I guess, your start of your career was in FIFO, which is pretty common in um, in WA um, for most people, especially if in safety. Um, but uh, I guess what was the interest that drove you in the direction um, of, you know, choosing safety as a profession? Sure. Yeah. Did I, did you lose me there? Yeah, so uh, I didn't actually save you. Yeah, I lost you a little bit, but you got me back. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I caught caught most of that. So I think safety wasn't on my radar at all. So I, you know, high school, uni, etc. I was actually studying to be an environmental health officer. So um, I went into that that kind of uh, degree to start with, and. Um, 
yeah, I was, it, it, as part of that degree, you do your third year, you do a professional practice unit. So I went up to Newman um, for that professional practice unit and uh, I was chatting to the EHO there and I said, oh, you know, if you had your time again, what would you do differently? And he he said to me, I'd, I'd get into health and safety. He said that the, the career is very similar. Um, you know, the the, the things you, you work with, the people you work with, uh, sort of similar risks and, and everything else. And, uh, you know, you get to experience a lot more um, or opportunities within lots of different other companies. So so that appealed. And and I, uh, as soon as I got back to Perth, I uh, had a look at that and, and uh, finished my degree in, in environmental health and then uh, enrolled in a postgrad in Oak Health and Safety and did that straight afterwards while I was working uh, full-time. I was studying part-time. So, yeah. Do, do, you think, do you think that environmental background has been, because, you know, there are a few safety professionals that have the environmental background and then move into safety. Do you think yeah. that's... Yeah, I think the it was so the good thing about the environmental health degrees is you do a bit of environmental science, but you also do environmental health. So yeah, the cross the crossover into what you learn in health and safety, even around waste and you know communicable diseases, which happened to come in really handy during COVID, um, <laughs> and uh, all sorts of other other things. Uh, yeah, sort of dragging that out of my my brain um, was. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really good grounding uh, to start with, and I think if people can afford to spend that three years doing environmental health and learning some of that, and then going into safety or having some sort of other, uh, you know, grounding degree or or profession, I think that's that's a great uh, stepping stone into health and safety. So, creating that grounding yeah. nature. You know, you, you said though you you started speaking to someone about you know if you go back and do your time again um, when you were early in your career. Yeah. Uh, to flip that question, if you could go back and uh, have your time again, what what advice would you give uh, would you give to someone starting out in the industry now? Now that you've gone through it, <laughs> yeah, true, true. I think um, yeah, it's it's interesting because I think you can you can go the the tertiary pathway, and you know if you wanted to do that, and you want to sort of get that tertiary quals. I think one of the the growth areas that we're coming into is psychosocial safety, uh, psychosocial hazards and things like that. So I think that organizational psychology is really interesting space. And, and, uh, you know, if I was early in my career and, and, and knew about what, where we were going to be now, I'd probably stretch into that a little bit more and lean into that a little bit more. Um, the other thing that, that someone, um, that I would have really loved to have got the skill of early on was, um, storytelling. I'm, um, I'm not the best, at storytelling uh, and I had a mentor early in my career that uh, also probably 10 years in that said, you know, storytelling is a really powerful way to, to kind of engage with the workforce and engage with others um, around, you know, good things that have happened, but also, you know, how people have learned from their mistakes and other things. So I think um, if I was early in my career and someone said to you, get really good at storytelling, I reckon that would be um, a good, a good thing to sort of start to to get into and lean into as well. Yep. I've, I've, uh, I've interviewed quite a lot of people on here. Um, and I, you know, yeah, part of my job, I interview people every day. Uh, well, not, yeah. not recorded, yep. but you know, I, I actually haven't heard that storytelling piece, um, which is uh, really refreshing. Yeah. It's very true. Um, but, yeah. um, I mean, look, we, we, we know about psychosocial as well, and that's really on everyone's lips, but, what about yeah. for safety professionals in general? I mean, look, you've been in leadership roles, multiple leadership roles over your time. Um, yeah. 
what advice would you give to perhaps people earlier on, not not starting out, but you know, mid career? So, um, where, where would your advice be there, Shana? Um, I think I think people need to work through when you get to a you know a few years under your belt in your career about which direction you'd like to go. You know, there's there's a couple of different streams with with health and safety. You can go into that heavily technical area, um, or you can go into that more leadership you know, area. And, and I think leadership and, and managing teams and that isn't for everybody. Um, and, and until you've tried it, you probably don't quite know, um, you know, if it's really for you. So, so I think that's one thing to really try and work out. Um, if you can get some little, you know, bubble assignments or something like that, where you can test out and see if you really enjoy being a, a people leader, do that. Um, because then I think that'll give you some some real solid clarification about what do you want to be a, a leader and move into that that people leadership side, or do you want to stay in that that heavily technical side and, and sort of grow your career? And both pathways are, are you know just as rewarding as each other and, and can get you just as being as successful as each other. So um, yeah, I think that that's something to to think about as you as you get in that mid mid point of your career. I think that's, and again, and I'm not just saying that it's just really pertinent advice because I often speak to people that are at that point and they want, you know, they, they think they want to become a manager because, you know, people leadership, that's the next progression, right? Um, there is nothing wrong with not wanting to be a people leader either, right? And because that is a challenge and it's a very different skill set to yeah. being a safety professional, right? And, and probably what you've gone into when you actually start. Yeah. Um, and I think... Yeah. It's really, really good advice because a lot of people, uh, I guess, go down the garden path of being told, well, this is what you have to do. And perhaps, well, it isn't what you have to do. And it's probably not the best use of your skills necessarily as well if you want to lean onto another sector or another part of safety unit. Um, well, uh, just on that note. Yeah, exa exactly right. Because, uh, yep. Oh, no, sorry, you go. <laughs> I was just going to, yeah. Uh, no, no, I was just going to say, I think, you know, I've seen some really great professionals in that heavily technical space who've been hugely successful, you know, whether it's in that radiation safety components or other things, these people are, you know, the, the way their minds work is just incredible. And, and you know, you really want those kinds of people um, in those streams because, you know, we can't be successful without having those different types of people in those roles as well. So, yeah. Question, absolutely. The question I get a lot is, you know, safety is transferable to an extent. You've, You've still worked across different industries, but also became a specialist, I guess, in, in an area, um, you know, in terms of that process, high-risk facilities. Um, you know, you really focus yeah. on that um, while still seeing other sectors. Uh, do you feel that's worked well for you? Or, or you know, if you go back, would you, would you only zone in on one area um, or one sort of industry within safety, if you like? Yeah, I think I think the challenge that comes with working across lots of different industries is you have to learn the equipment and you have to learn the you know the language that that business has and that can be really challenging if you do move across different different levels of you know or different types of businesses. Um, I think it's worked really well for me because I really like to learn new things and I really like to learn about how things work and that sort of stuff. So um, that's kept me uh, really engaged because. I've, I've, you know, I've wanted to learn how a, a gas turbine works, for example. So I've dug into that and seen it pulled apart, put back together, and I find that really interesting. Um, but then I can apply that to risk and the language the business uses and all those sorts of things. So, um, 
so yeah, it's worked really well for me. And I think you can apply risk to to every situation, but obviously the context is is incredibly important. So I, as I get higher in my career, one of the challenges I've got is I'm no longer in that technical sphere as much. So um, probably as I as I go through the, the next part of my career, I'll, I'll need to make a decision about whether I do jump around as much within those different types of businesses or if I stick to the ones that I've been in previously because I already have that inbuilt language and, and knowledge around the risks of, of the context of the business. So, And that's, yeah. that's the catch-22, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because there isn't sometimes yeah, absolutely. there is a to it. Um, so yeah. we, we've, we've discussed this, um, you know, as you become, uh, you know, a manager, um, one of the great advantages, um, that you have to do is hire people. <laughs> um, and then it's going to be yeah, yeah. difficult. Um, what do you, uh, what do you look for when you're hiring, uh, safety professionals, both, I guess, to your team and to a wider business? Yeah. Um, I think most people now have read, you know, Cedex stuff and, and a lot of other things around hiring for people's attitudes and, and cultures and cultural fit and all those sorts of things. And I certainly do that. Um, I think that's that's definitely uh, something I've, you know, sort of I read about and tested and tried and, and was really successful with hiring people who are great problem solvers, have a really great attitude, um, can talk to lots of different people within the organisation at various levels. And, and I think that's really helpful. You do need to look at the technical side though as well um you can teach the technical but people will need to still have a certain level of baseline um technical skills so if they're a generalist generalist well you know maybe that's um a little bit easier because people can come in with a cert for and things and you can then build them up through the organization if you have the capacity um but when you're talking about things like environmental approvals and, and other areas that are really growing at the moment you have to have people come in with the right attitude, but also with that real heavy technical knowledge and expertise, because um, you know you need them to get the ground running with yeah. those sorts of things. So um, yeah, yeah, and I think there there is that measure there, right? Of you know going back to transferability, it's transferable to an extent, but you need that technical knowledge yeah. in that situation. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, what's leadership look like for you then, and how do you how do you lead, or how do you what's your approach to leadership in that sense? Yeah, I think um, I'm always pretty collaborative. So um, I don't tend to be, you know, a person who's heavy on the control or those sorts of things. I think you employ people because they're great at their job. They're, you know, experts in their field. And, and it's really about um, how do you help them succeed? So, you know, one of my my um, processes or things is having regular check-ins with my team and then looking at well where are they struggling what are some of their challenges and then how can I help support them and you know maybe put some scaffolding around them to, to help grow them or or do I you know maybe they're just not getting some of the leadership that top-down you know instruction that's coming through from the the higher up in the business maybe I can fill them in on that um, so I'm sort of you know quite a somewhat hands-on but but very much hands-off sort of leader and um and like to be quite collaborative with my team and and you know support them to succeed in their areas and and things like that so um there's probably some sort of uh you know buzzword around what that type of style is but um yeah that's that's how I describe it so I think it's as you said done though right like the the relinquishing control and entrusting your people um like, you know, a lot of people speak about that, but it's often easier said than done. So, um, 
especially when you have such a big remit as well. You need to be able to do that. Otherwise, you know, you don't have enough hours in the day to begin with, right? Well, that's it. When you've got a really large team, I think you can't be in the weeds with that team unless you actually have to be because of what's going on in the organisation. But um, realistically, that's what I try not to do is, is to stay uh, out of that. If they need me, they'll pull on me. Um, if they need support, that sort of thing, then they'll they'll pull those levers as they have them and I'll, I'll make sure that they've got them available to them. Um, you know, so I think, yeah, if you're going to employ really smart people and really great leaders, you let them, you know, do their job. That's it. So that's pretty important. Yeah. Uh, so that's what you're paying, them, paying them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Um, yeah. So, so uh, who's been an influence then on, I guess, you and, and your professional life? And, and that can be, you know, you don't have to necessarily name names, but uh, I guess what, what does that look like to you and, you know, as you are developing in your career as well? Yeah, I think... Um... I've had some, some really good mentors over my time, um, one of which, you know, as I mentioned previously, um, said about storytelling and, and you know, that was uh, that was a great tip that I got from them. Um, most of my mentors, I suppose, uh, I, I've only had short stints with. Some of them I, I sort of still touch base with but not very, uh, very often within LinkedIn and things like that. Um, but I think the people that have had the, the biggest influence on my professional um life and how I sort of um go about things is probably my parents quite honestly they um you know they're my dad worked in mining uh, for his entire career um he was you know sort of worked his way up the ranks and stuff like that my mum was a nurse um and we would quite often have those dinner table conversations about you know some of the challenges they were facing at, at work and then some of the things they were doing to to solve that and and they instilled a really strong work ethic, I think, in in myself as well. So um, they're probably the ones that have had the biggest influence. And then I've built on that through, you know, various other industry mentors and just seeing how others lead and, and stuff like that within my career. I think it's a brilliant answer. And I think it stays so true as well, especially having that experience and exposure to the resource sector as well. And, and you know, nursing as well, not an yeah. easy, not an easy profession by any means. Um yeah, that's yeah. Certainly is something that probably stays with you throughout a professional professional life for sure. Um, conscious of time, but uh, you've obviously yeah. you know, two decades um, within within <laughs> our experience. Yeah, I sound old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not meaning to be, you know. <laughs> and, no, I don't. Know. <laughs> and you, yeah. you know, you, you touched on, I guess, uh, you know, psychosocial um, before, but yeah. you know, where, yeah. where do you see where do you see this all going? Where do you see us going as a as a profession, uh, Shana? What, what do you think the future looks like? If you had a crystal ball, yeah, I think, I think psychosocial is a big part of it. So you know, over the last twenty years, I've seen that that we've got a really large focus on on physical risks and, and improving the physical controls that go along with those physical risks and and the great thing about that is you can see them right so you can usually you know electricity yes you could but you can you know look at a, a pnid or something and you can understand how that that flow of that risk is you know has it's going to come through um i think the challenge with psychosocial um is that we are um complex human beings and and you can't physically see you know uh, you can't go and read, read a p and and understand how's that how's that going to impact the business and what sort of things is that going to bring to the table so um that's that's i think the area that you know in the next 20 years we're probably going to 
see a lot of growth in in our profession and and potentially see more organizational psychologists and people with those sorts of psychology backgrounds come into the profession to assist the the health and safety team with um better understanding how you know how that impacts the culture and influence and I think with psychosocial risk there's no one size fits all uh for an organization so that's the other challenge you know you can put in a working at height heights uh controls and you can usually apply that to most other organizations but uh, I think with psychosocial risks that's uh it's not necessarily as easy to do that so um yes I think that's definitely one I think AI is another one that's obviously a hot topic at the moment that everyone's chatting about uh that is going to be really interesting to watch and see how that goes and and I think there's some real benefits for the profession um that should help our our profession get out in the field a lot more hopefully um we still need people to be yeah we still need people to be generating procedures and doing those sorts of things but if AI can do a lot of the hard work in there and then we've got technical review uh you know and that sort of partnership between ai and um and our safety professions and, and humans i think that's going to be an interesting space to watch and how that impacts how we manage risk within within businesses so absolutely and, and look going back to that psychosocial you know the organizational uh behavioral side yeah i mean geez five years ago we never even heard of it and you know you look at some of the larger consultants yeah. that are operating in that space now especially some of the east coast consultancies that are doing you know, it, probably consulting even to sort of medium-sized businesses is not even just your ASXs mm. anymore. So um, there is definitely certainly an appetite for that, I would say, as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's certainly been a, a really large growth area, but, you know, much needed to, uh, you know, back 10 years ago, um, you could see that these risks were present in the business, but they weren't necessarily getting, you know, really dealt with or understood we had EAP but you know me as a professional at that point in time I had no idea what I needed to do with it so yeah um yeah I think that's where this will be really good to to see how that progresses and, and improves you know and then you get the holistic view of a person coming to work so physical and and mental so I think that'll be great well so maybe we can I can hold you to it and we can re revisit this in a few years time and see if uh, <laughs> yeah. right or not um but Shannon, thank you so much for uh, for for jumping on, um, recording this uh, the lead up to Christmas, the week before Christmas. So thank you for for setting aside half an hour, twenty minutes. Um, as I said, I'll also put your uh, your your LinkedIn bio in the show notes. But um, yeah, and obviously anyone that wants to connect with you um, should if they're in that space. Nice. Um, but uh, Shana, thank you again um, for for jumping on the uh, HSAQ Leaders podcast, uh, one of the last ones for the year. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, John, and uh, have a great Christmas and New Year. We'll see you next year, no doubt. Same to you. Thanks a lot for joining us for another episode of the Safety Leaders podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you reach out and connect with myself as well as Sunstrong Recruitment on LinkedIn. We are the specialists health and safety recruitment in WA. Um, looking forward to uh, the next episode and maybe getting to know you. Cheers.